welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. We begin a new series this morning uh, entitled Member. Uh, and it's been, it's been quite, quite a while since we've been in a series, but you know, this one has kind of been on my heart for the past uh, couple months. And so I, I wanted to bring this and God has just kind of been developing uh, this series and um, so I'm, I'm excited to be sharing it with you, and I'm excited that you're here, and I hope that you can join us for the remaining of the series. I know I picked a really weird season to do a series because summer people are out of town all the time, um, but if you can help it, try to, try to be here. Um, you know, church culture, I was thinking about this, church culture has changed a lot throughout the ages, and you know, we feel it, we feel it a lot, especially here at our church, because we have... Uh, or at least I do as a, as a pastor, we kind of have two cultures represented and we have several generations uh, represented here. And it, it's very easy to see how church culture has changed. There are things that we do today that we wouldn't have done uh, years ago. And there's, there's things that we don't do anymore that we would have done years ago. 20, 30 years ago, a lot of churches, they didn't have stage lighting, for example. Now it seems like every, any church you go to kind of looks like a, like a concert is about to take place, right? You go back even further than that. Many churches didn't, uh, they weren't comfortable with having a drum set because drums are, are, are a pagan instrument and the pagans use drums to worship their false gods and it took a lot of churches a while to, to incorporate drums and, 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 and some of them didn't even have any instruments. Some of them just went straight a cappella, right? Today, things have changed, uh, 10 years ago, I remember going to like youth camps and all that, and they started incorporating like fog machines. And 10 years later, we're like, no, fog machines are lame. So we don't, we don't see that anymore. Uh, so it, it's, it's really changed a lot, even in the sense of how we view sin. 30 years ago, going to the movies was a, was a sin, right? These days, I don't know a single Christian that doesn't go catch a movie on a, on a regular basis. So the, the, the culture of church, it often changes because people change, society changes, uh, and so, so does the church. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's not a good thing. But my goal by the end of this series is not for us to think of ourselves as a part of a church culture, but rather a Jesus culture. Because church cultures, they divide people, Right? They divide by, by denomination, by age group, by preferences, by minor differences in theology, none of which Scripture really condones. Scripture condones a spirit of unity. And that person who, who unites us is none other than Christ Jesus. We are not members of a multitude of bodies. We are members of one body to which Christ is the head. No matter how different we are, we are part of the same body. Isn't that true? And I know I'm speaking to a Pentecostal church, and maybe some of you are like, no, Pentecostals are the only ones going to heaven. Uh, <laughs> Jesus isn't coming back for a multitude of brides. He's not coming back for a multitude of bodies. He's coming back for, for one bride, one body of Christ, one assembly. In fact, uh, assembly is, is what the word ecclesia, ecclesia is the Greek word for church. It, it means assembly. 
assembly of believers. You can't have an assembly when, when you're divided or when you're not part of the assembly. You can have different sections, different functions, but an assembly requires being united to the greater whole. Amen. So once again, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm really excited for this series because we need to come back to the basics. Sometimes it's good to just go back to the basics because we forget them. Sometimes I, 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 sometimes I'm doing math like on paper and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I forgot how to do math because I'm so used to just busting out my phone and the calculator. It's good to go back to the basics, the, the, the simple things that maybe we have lost sight of throughout our church culture. Amen. We need to remember what we're a part of and why we're a part of it. Uh, the church isn't a social club, man. It's not just a gathering to, to fellowship, to see each other a couple of to- uh, a couple times a week. This, this, this is an altar. This, this is a, a, a place of discipleship development. This is a place of, of growth and, and refuge. Shame on Christians, man, forever making it anything less than what it was meant to be. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you weren't here last week, um, I hope I want you to be in the know. We, we announced some new leadership and and um, one of one of which uh, won't directly affect our, our, our English ministry. But um, Danny and Maritza, uh, we had been talking and, um, with my parents and long, long story short, they have they have been. They're, they're going to become the, uh, the co-pastors to my, to, to my parents, to the, to the Spanish ministry. So they're going to be working exclusively with our Spanish ministry and trying to build that and, um, you know, to, to make it, you know, a, a functional unit. And Danny brought a word this morning and I was like, man, great, great guy for the job, man. He, he, brought, he really brought an amazing word. Proud of you, Danny. And you look, you look like a pastor. One and up, you're one up in me, bro. I'm gonna have to come in suits now. <laughs> All right, are you there? First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. I'm just gonna let this preach for itself for a minute because, man, this is so powerful. This is Paul telling us what it means to be a member of the church. And if you don't have your Bibles, I have it up here uh, on the English Standard Version. It says this There is one body, but it has many parts. But all its parts make up one body. It's the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit. And so we are formed into one body. Listen to this. It doesn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles. It doesn't matter whether you're 15 or 50. It doesn't matter whether you were born in the States or born in Mexico or Guatemala. It doesn't matter if you were slave or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Verse 15 says, suppose the foot says, I am not the hand. So I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot simply start being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I'm not an eye. So I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. I like this part right here. It says the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Oh, but we use that type of language all the time in the church, man. 
I don't need you. I don't need this church. I don't need I don't need this drama. I don't need to be under this leadership. The head can't say to the to the feet. I don't need you. I'm in charge. I'm the head. I don't need you. How is the head going to deploy anything when 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 the feet, when they tell the feet, well, I don't need you. I know I'm preaching during the, the, the whole message. My bad. Verse 22 says, in fact, it's just the opposite. The body, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. And the parts that we think are less important, we we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't showing, but they are treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care, but God has put together all the parts of the body and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. I like that too. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one, you is a part of it. Amen. That awesome? Just when you thought you weren't important, just when you thought you just, you know, just sit in the back every Sunday and no one's going to notice me, I'm going to sneak out before anyone can say anything, just when you thought you weren't important, you open up the Word of God to 1 Corinthians and you discover that, that you're real important. These are my words. This is the inspired word of God telling someone that your attendance is felt when it's not here. Your, your pain uh, is felt when you make it known to, to the body of Christ. We start to feel that same pain when you suffer. We suffer. When you rejoice, we get a piece of that joy. This past Wednesday uh, in our English service, and I know there's going to be a, a little testimony afterwards, but... Um, we received a, a, a testimony um, in, in the class and, and in our English class, and, and we thought that we would just call this person. This person wasn't there, and we, we FaceTimed her, and, and we just celebrated with her for like two, three minutes because her, her joy became our joy. That's what it's about. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. Why do we do that? Because each part of the body affects another part. And so, you know, when I, when I speak of church, I mean, you know, we mean the universal church as well as, as the local body. Uh, scripture, it, it, it's interesting, scripture doesn't make the distinction uh, between the universal church or the local church. It uses the same word for the local church as it does for the global assembly of believers. What started happening was, you know, anything, uh, what always happens when humans get their hands on things, uh, we, we, we started to make the distinctions ourselves. The Roman Catholic Church, the Reformed Church, the Pentecostal Church, the Baptist Church, the Methodists, the Lutherans. And then all these distinctions led to each church to have its own church culture and their own rules. And many believers began prioritizing their denomination affiliation rather than their Christ-centered union. And my message today, church, it, it's been so heavy on, on my heart for, for a while. Uh, it's a message of unity. Because I believe that there is still so much more unifying that needs to take place, but it takes, it, it takes individuals, it takes individual members of the body to say, you know what, I'm going to unite myself. Um, I got, you know, I, I've got a lot of weaknesses in my life, um, as we all do. I'm, I'm, I'm human, I'm, I'm a man, 
And there's a lot of things that need improvement, and I'm trying to improve on them daily. But if there's one thing that I could just speak to regarding my, my strengths, I was sharing this with, uh, with someone this week. Um, I think that I know how to keep peace with people. I, 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 I despise feeling that I've wronged someone. It just makes me feel very uncomfortable. Or that someone is unhappy with me because of something that I, I did or something I said or something that I didn't do or something I didn't say. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. it won't, I, I, won't, I won't be able to sleep at night. And I'll have to fix it right there. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that, like, some people need time to cool off. Nope. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to have time to cool off. I want to fix it right now. And I learned the hard way. That's not how you do things, especially when you're married to someone who needs time to cool off. <laughs> I remember our, our first major fight, man. She, she, <laughs> she locked herself in the closet because she was trying to get away from me. And I was literally right there. Hey, 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 open the door. I feel like an abusive husband or something. <laughs> And then I learned, I learned some people need, you know, time to cool off. I am, I'm just the opposite. I want to fix, I want to fix it right there. I don't like going to sleep knowing that someone doesn't like me or someone's thinking wrong about me. And so I try to, to, to make the peace with people. I'll even call you. I hate calling people. I don't like making phone calls. I'm a texting person. And I'll call you if I think that you, you know, that there's something, uh, there's an issue that you have with me, and I'm going to try to make sure that our relationship stays intact. I'm, I'm like that annoying ex-boyfriend that's like, hey, I still love you, you know? <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> it hurts so bad, you know? Uh, and I can think of several relationships off the top of my head that I've, I've actually saved from being severed simply because I tried to maintain the peace. Even if I wasn't wrong, even if they were so wrong, I'm going to try to make it Right, I've got that Chick-fil-A customer service over my life. <laughs> and you know why I do that, though, church? Because especially if you're a brother or a sister in Christ, I've got to spend the rest of eternity with you. I gotta, we're we're going we're gonna to get over this, and I'm going to see you every day in heaven. How am I going to, how, how are we going to be in heaven? I'm not going to be talking to you. We're not going to be on speaking terms. How am I going to be passing you up, you know, on the way to worship service, on giving you the side eye, Right? How? How am I going to be in front of Jesus in the fullness of his glory and worshiping him literally right in front of him? And then you walk in the door. I'm like, oh, heck, no, I'm coming back later. That's not how is that going to work? I'm sure that heaven is going to be this perfect, unified place where there is no hate. There are no heated arguments. Why can't the church be like that now? We are supposed to be a reflection of what heaven is supposed to look like. It's because we've become more church cultured. Than Jesus cultured. That's it. And we let differences and we let preferences stand in the way of godly relationships. That's why when you go out of town with people, you go as best friends, you come back as like enemies. They hate each other because one person, one person wanted fast food all week and you just wanted to enjoy yourself at a nice restaurant. And you let these, these, little, these little issues kind of re- destroy relationships. And it happens all the time. But man, the church is supposed to be a family. And we, we say that, we say that, but do we believe it? Do we live it? Do we live like a family? I'll tell you what's, what's an example of a family. My sisters and I, we can fight to the death. In fact, you know, like a day before Ashley left to, to San Francisco, we thought it was a good idea to 
um, have one more Monopoly little game, you know, because we love playing Monopoly together. And so, you know, I'll text them every now and then. I'm like, hey, Monopoly? Yeah, sounds good. And so, you know, Ashley was going to leave the next, the next week and I was going to go out of town. So we're like, okay, let's play Monopoly. And we didn't, we didn't leave on, on happy terms. <laughs> Ashley was really upset, you know. And some things were said, but you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's, at the end of the day, I wake up the next morning, she's still my sister, I still love her. That's how it needs to be with us, because we're family, and we need to be able to, to get past our different preferences and, and, and differences of opinion. Amen? You with me? We become church cultured, not Jesus cultured. And you know that's true when society treats local churches like, like restaurants. <laughs> like you go for your first time at a, at a church service and if you don't like it, you better believe I'm leaving a terrible rating review. I'll give you one star. This is so true. The other day I was, I was reading some of the, the reviews of, for our church. And praise God, we, we have like an average of like 4.9 stars on, on Google. We have, we have quite a bit of reviews and people have positive things to say. They come in, they feel the presence of God. They enjoy the worship. They enjoy the atmosphere. They enjoy the, the messages. Um, so I, I was really proud to see that. But what I do, I, I just, I, I filter through the, all the good ones and I go to the bad ones because I want to see what people are saying about us. And I want to know what we could do uh, better. And there was one, one star rating. They didn't leave a review. They didn't, they didn't say anything. So I don't know what we can fix. Um, but then I kind of started having fun with it. And I started Googling other churches and, uh, in, in America. Some big name churches, you know, smaller churches, you know, local churches. Just to see what people said. I did the same thing. I filtered through all the, all the good ones. And I went through uh, the, the lowest ratings. And some of them were so petty. I, I actually copied a couple that I want to read. Here's one. This is a two-star review. Ugh. No toilet paper. <laughs> no toilet paper in the restrooms. No paper towels. For real? Like a two-star rating? I mean, that's annoying. Like, man, you got to have the toilet paper, right? But like, to, 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 to bring down a ministry because they, they, someone, you know, dropped the ball. You know, someone got sick that morning, forgot to fill it up. I mean, come on, man. Here's another one. Uh, one star. So upset. The pastor basically called my lifestyle sinful. No, sweetie, that's, that's called the gospel. <laughs> that's the gospel. Jesus said, Bless, blessed are those who are offended by me because I'm going to say some pretty offensive things. I'm going to do some pretty offensive things. But blessed are those who still call me Lord after it. <laughs> Trying to go to church and feel good. And there was, there was a lot of them like that. I, I wish I could read you some more. But, you know, the, the church was never meant to be perfect. Never. You know, because the, the church is made up of people and people are imperfect. In fact, because of our imperfection, the father sent his perfect son to stand in the gap for the sake of our salvation. The universal church isn't perfect and, and the local church isn't going to be perfect. But can't we at least be imperfect together? The scripture says that the, that the church is a body. We're a body. What happens when one leaves the body? 
we love we love the song Reckless Love. I mean, all the girls start bawling. They hear that song. It's all over. Like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done my makeup today, you know. And, and, and we love that concept of, of leaving the 99 in pursuit of the one. But our actions speak so much louder than that. Too many times our language isn't let's go get them. It's more like let them go. Let them leave. We don't need them. He did that to himself. Did you hear how he spoke to me? He badmouthed me. He said some things about me. And we make it about ourselves again instead of the body. We forget that we're a part of the body. And when you forget that you're a part of the body, what happens? The body becomes paralyzed. It's not that it stops being a body. It's still a body whether you like it or not. The difference is whether it's functioning or not. I remember when I was a teenager, I woke up in the middle of the night I had, to, I had to use the restroom, and I always I, I sleep on the right side of, of the bed, so when I, when I wake up and I get up, the, the, the leg that, that hits the ground first is my, my right leg. And I was so sleepy, I didn't realize that my entire leg had fallen asleep. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It was the weirdest feeling ever. It, it, it completely fell asleep. And so it was in the middle of the night. I, I wake up. I put my, my, my foot down to, to start walking, and I collapse to the floor completely. And I'm there and I'm cracking, cracking myself up because I feel so dumb, you know. Um, and I'm, now I'm awake. My foot is still asleep. But what, what happens? I have to use my entire, the rest of my body, I have to use my arms to lift myself up. And I'm trying to go to the restroom. I have one hand like this and, and I'm hopping and I don't want to drag my foot. And, and I, I'm, I'm using everything else that I have to, to, to pick up the slack of one body part. But then I started thinking, what if body parts could talk? Like the church talks to each other. Like people speak to each other. And, and, and my hand said, bro, man, you're such an idiot. You can't get anything right. And my other hand is like, dude, I know you're, you're always messing things up. And my leg said, man, I'm not going to be walking. I'm not going to be dragging you this time. Do your job. What would happen? What would happen if, if the rest of the body parts just went on strike? I wouldn't be able to move. And yet too many Christians in the body of Christ, they take that mentality. I'm not helping you. I, I, I don't need you. Let's just, let's just not work in the same room. Let's, let's work uh, at, at the same church, but let's, not, let's make sure our schedules don't collide. Let's pretend that we don't exist. Can I tell you something, church? Can I just be real with you? Can I, just, can I tell you that, that that's a sin? That is a sin. Matthew 5, read it. He says, if you're coming to me to bring me an offering, you're going to get your little prayer on, your little coffee with Jesus in the morning. You're going to crank up that worship music. You're like, oh, God, I I love you so much. I can't wait to, to, to come into your presence. And he says, but then you remember that you have an issue with your brother or sister. He says, fix that first. Leave your little boo boo offering there. Go take care of that and then come back and give me something real. What does that tell you about God? What does that tell you about the way that he thinks about his children? He thinks that we're all important. He loves us equally. He he forgives us. So we should forgive people. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people only forgive when they're asked for forgiveness. Right? I see this. I'm I'm a big like like comment police on uh, social media. I see this all the time, especially with Christians when they're they're, they're, they're speaking badly against a, a, a minister that, that, that maybe made a mistake or, or fell. And they're, 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 so, they're not quick to forgive. 
Now, if, if maybe that person went up to them and, and said, Danny, can, can you forgive me? Then maybe Danny will say, okay, yeah, I can forgive you. But, but so, many of, so many Christians, they don't forgive on default. You have, to be, you have to be asked. You have to press that button before you can actually forgive others. And that's not the way that Jesus did it, man. Jesus showed us grace long before we ever knew that we even needed it. His mercy was there long before we, we ever knew that we needed saving. His forgiveness is always there. And this is a, a very you know, simple message this morning, calling us to, to remember who we are as a church. We're a body. We're a body. And I need you. I need you. I need you, Danny. Brandon, I need you, bro. Will, I need you. Mitsa, I need you. Mari, I need you. Tiffany, I need you. Babe, I need you. I need you in many ways. But I, like, I, I need you. I need you. I, because, because this relationship is going to outlast this current world. I need you because together... We're supposed to bring all the glory and the honor to the Father and heaven. I need you because when my faith is weak and I'm down and my strength is dying and I'm losing hope, you are the only ones that can remind me of my promise. As great as friends as I have outside in the world, they can't do that for me. They can't do that for me. So who am I to destroy a relationship that can lead me to the Father? We need to remember that we're a body, even in our imperfections. Church, I need you. You don't get home at the end of the day, at the end of the day and take off your socks and shoes and get a get a whiff of the way that you smell after a long hard day at work and, and say, "Man, I gotta cut my foot off." You don't say that. You don't say, "Ooh, I don't need this. This thing is destroyed." <laughs> Is that just me or what? <laughs> you, don't, you don't do that. You, you take care of yourself. You, you take a shower. You, you nurture yourself. That's what the, the church should be doing for one another. And so what I want to do this, this morning, church, is I want to do something a little bit, a little bit different. Something, I don't, I don't know if we've done this in a while, but as a local body, I want us to come forward, all of us. And I, I just want us to join in hands. Can we do that? I know that sounds cheesy, but, but there, is, there is power in unity. There's even more power in intentional unity. So can we, can we do that? I'll, I'm going to ask every, every, every one of us this morning, let's stand and we're going to come together and we're just going to begin praying for the person next to you, praying for that hand that you're holding. You might not know what they're going through. You don't know what their struggles are. You don't know what they think about at night. You don't know what keeps them up every single night. Just begin to pray for them and begin to ask God, Lord, let me be here for my brother. Let me be here for my sister, my God. Because we are one. We are one body. You are the head. You are the lead. In the name of Jesus, come on, church. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.